Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And we are live. Thank you all so much. That's first chiming in for our latest episode here at Rangers Review. Episode 31. And, you know, I can't complain when it comes to that number whatsoever. But, again, we have plenty to discuss today. A little bit more of an open Q&A if you guys are listening through the live stream on YouTube. And if you're listening wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you chiming in no less. So, of course, we will first be breaking down everything there is to know about the New York Rangers starting their player development camp tomorrow at the time of being live here on this Thursday earlier in the day, at least for me. It's in the evening for Steven out in Ireland right now. But we'll be breaking down all these prospects, how what the predictions we think are going to be, and also taking a look at the Libor Hayek signing that happened this past week, a couple more things with the Rangers, and then just really opening up a Q&A to everyone that's currently chiming into the live stream. So without further ado, Stephen, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing good. Um, it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be a Rangers fan again because the season's almost upon us, and by the season I mean preseason, which – for someone who follows prospects, is just as exciting as the regular season. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, uh, something that already the first comments that we have in the chat are talking about captaincy. I'm glad they brought up because it has been reaffirmed as well. And I think we could talk a little bit further on in today's episode that uh, the Rangers do intend to assign a new captain this year, uh, which is at least, you know, for me, it's exciting because even though that captaincy role doesn't necessarily have anything dramatic for the club where it's a huge game changer. It's still something that, especially from a fan perspective like myself, I enjoy, and I'm sure that you do too, to a certain extent. So I'm looking forward to it, but no less. Let's get right into, let's deep dive the New York Rangers development camp. And again, guys, if you're just chiming in in the stream, we appreciate you being here. Smash that like and subscribe on. And we'll, we will, of course, be taking questions towards the end of the show for a larger segment of a Q&A. But yeah, so uh, initial reactions here to the actual uh, situation for the Rangers, if you guys haven't seen already, um, if we go here uh, in the live stream, we will be showing it, but, but we will be listing off every single player. But you see we have Morgan Barron, Will Cooley, Jaden Grube, Grube, how do you pronounce his name, Carl Henriksen, Patrick Kodorenko, you know him very well, Ryder Korzacek, um, Brody Lamb, Michael O'Leary, Brennan Othman, that I know that we are excited to see as well, Ori Panunemi, uh, Matt Rempe, uh, Justin Richards, Austin Rocha. Uh, how do you pronounce Austin's last name? Rushef. Rushef. Okay. James Sanchez, Evan Verling, Alex Whalen, uh, Zach Ber- Berzola, uh, Zach uh, Gutierrez. Uh, then we have Zach Jones, Niels Lundquist, uh, Tarmo Roninen, Matthew Robertson, Braden Schneider, and Hunter Skinner are all of your either forwards or defensemen. And then the goaltenders, we see guys like. Uh, Taylor Boyko, Dylan Garand. Dylan Garand, I, I'm feeling fairly comfortable about going forward for the Rangers. That's a potential goaltender of the future. And Tyler Wall. So a lot of deep dive here between these players. So my initial question to you, Stephen, is 
what of these young prospects that are coming into the player development camp for the Rangers over these next, you know, couple weeks are you most excited about outside of, you know, the obvious picks and the Niels Lundqvistas of the world, the Zach Jones, the guys that are more than likely going to be cracking the Rangers roster, if not to begin the season, then at least somewhere along the lines in the upcoming 2021-2022 season. Um, yeah, I think it's important to mention also the comments by Chris Drury today. Uh, he did a, uh, I think a press conference, uh, Molly Walker, um, Stevenson, what's his first name? Colin, is it Colin Stevenson? Colin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Colin Stevenson, Molly Walker. Um, they tweeted about it today. They were able to ask Chris Drury some questions and there were some interesting remarks in there that, uh, we'll get to in a minute when it comes to addressing the physicality that I want to touch on. But looking at the prospects, Drury said that he's very excited about Niels Lundqvist, um, uh, how he plays on the power play, that he skates really well, and he expects him to make the team. And I expect the same thing. Uh, the other player that should be a lock for the team, in my opinion, is Morgan Barron. Um, in the 10 games he played last season, I think Morgan Barron showed more than enough to convince me that he's done in Hartford. Um, does he play? I don't know. Um, the left wing is pretty crowded with Lafreniere, Panarin, Kreider, and Sammy Blay, who we got in the Butchnevich trade, of course. Who I feel like gets, you know, overlooked a lot. I feel like it's easy for me to honestly forget about Sammy Blay. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. there hasn't been much coverage on him whatsoever. Yeah, um, I think that will come once preseason because he just won back-to-back cups with Tampa. He was traded for a first-round pick previously, so there's already a story there. Whereas Sammy Blay was, he also won a cup with St. Louis uh, in 2019, but he's a bit more of an under-the-radar acquisition. Um, so Morgan Barron will have his work cut out for him in preseason. Um, there's also the center position. Chris Drury said that he sees Morgan Barron and Philip Hedel as centers. Um I think the battle with uh, Kevin Rooney for the fourth line center spot is an easier one to win for Morgan Barron than the battle with Sammy Blay for the left wing spot on the fourth line. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, the other guys, of course, that are very that I'm very excited about, uh, Zach Jones, uh, Hunter Skinner. Uh, I'm really interested to see what he does. Um, because he uh, made the move to the ECHL last year, played for the uh, Utah Grizzlies, and then finished the season in Hartford. I think he's an underrated prospect. I'm not saying he's going to make the team out of camp, but in a year or so, we'll never know what's going to happen. It's good to have a guy like him in the pipeline. Um, I think Justin Richards will battle with Morgan Barron for that fourth-line center spot. Justin Richards made his NHL debut last season. Um and Justin Richards is a very mature, responsible two-way forward. Exactly what you want from a fourth-line center. Uh, he reminds me a little of Dominic, a little bit of Dominic Moore uh, in that regard. Okay. Um, okay. So there are, of course, some some futures that are in the prospect camp. Like Brennan Hoffman is probably not going to make the team out of camp. Uh, um, Will Cooley is probably spending the season in the OHL, Ryder Korzak in the WHL, Brody Lamb at the USHL. So we have these prospects, you know, among, like like scattered around several leagues. Um, and we haven't even talked about the college kids who aren't allowed to attend this prospect development camp because of NCAA regulation. That's a great um, point. 
I'll quickly uh, try to explain it. Uh, the NCAA has a rule in place that a uh, an athlete cannot miss any school-related activities for a professional sports-related event. So if this prospect development camp was in July, we could have seen guys like Riley Hughes, Brad, Bur Brad Burrard, Simon Schelberg, Eric Ciccolini, Hugo Olas, in prospect development camp, but now because we're still working with a little bit of a delay because of the pandemic, it's unfortunately not possible. But still a lot of interesting prospects. Uh, if we just look at this year's draft, uh, Jaden Gruby or Groob, I, I have to figure out how his name is pronounced because announcers pronounce it as Groob, but I've heard some people pronounce it as Grube. So I'll look into that. Uh, Ryder Korzak, uh, both in the WHL. Brandon Othman was a first-round pick, of course. Brody Lamb, I already mentioned. And then you have a couple of guys from last year's draft. Braden Schneider, for instance. Evan yeah. Veerling. Evan Veerling is a – I think Evan Veerling is a very underrated prospect. You've been um, you've been speaking pretty glowingly of him since the Rangers drafted him last year. And and Evan Veerling is uh, was a fifth-round pick, but I think he shouldn't have dropped all the way to the fifth round. For the okay. Rangers, perfect. They – they had a, a pick in the fifth round, and they traded two seventh-round picks for another fifth-round pick, and they came away in the fifth round with Brett Berard and Evan Veerling. Brett Berard, we've all seen in the World Juniors. A couple of people have followed him in college. Very exciting player. But Evan Veerling is, is an interesting one as well. He was the second overall uh, pick in the OHL priority selection a few years ago behind Quinton Byfield. And um, not to cut you off quick, but in regards to Berard, he's one of those players, correct, given the NCAA status? Yes, he plays okay. for the Providence Friars, so yep. he's prohibited by NCAA regulation to join this camp. Gotcha. Yeah, because I'm he's one of my favorite prospects. Yeah. If you you probably know by now, but I always have a hankering for smaller statured wingers. It's just something I've always been accustomed to, given my stature and you know, Matt Zuccarello is my everything. So between Ty Ronning when he came up and having his 60 goal plus season in his final year in juniors, even though that tie hasn't amounted to much this point, I still always appreciate him. And now uh, Berard, he, you know, people were calling him a buzzsaw. You know, he looked fantastic in juniors. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what he's going to do. So once his time can come to be with the Rangers, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, circling back to Evan Veerling, uh, was uh, drafted by the Flint Firebirds, Brennan Offman's team. They played about, I think, 20 games together in 2019. Um, Brennan Othman, also a second overall pick in the OHL priority selection, behind uh, Shane Wright, who is the projected first overall pick in the NHL draft next year. Um, Evan Veerling was traded to the Barry Colts, um, and he did really well in his draft year. But last season, he didn't play because the OHL canceled the entire season. Same thing with Will Cooley. So I'm very excited to see Will Cooley and Evan Veerling uh how how they uh how they recover from a year without hockey um and then other guys uh that have been a little bit in the organization a little longer like Tarmo Riunanen who made his NHL debut last season of course Lori Payuniemi the other Finnish kid who came over from TPS this summer signed his entry level contract that's exciting uh Carl Henriksen um I know there's a little bit of a um what's the word um, fans have have gone a bit cold on Han on Carl Henriksen, if that makes sense. This, let's put it this way. Um, unfortunately, and you you would know this firsthand. Nothing kind of went right for Carl this past year. There's 
look, um, the Rangers drafted him in 2019. Um, they kept him in 2019 at age uh, 18. They kept him around very long in uh, preseason uh, prospect development camp, uh, Traverse City, and then training camp, um, all the way up to uh, the preseason games. And I distinctly remember this because in September I was supposed to drive to Graz in Austria to see Henriksen play, but he wasn't on the team because he was still in New York. So there was already this familiarity and this 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 confidence in Henriksen by the organization. Um, then he went to Sweden, and for a player of his stature, he's a small player. He's not overly physical. He's a, he's a typical playmaking center. Uh, to make the jump from Swedish juniors to Swedish pro hockey in the third best league in the world on the best team in the league for Lunda. Yes, and I think that needs to be noted because people yeah. don't seem to realize that. It's difficult. And I've said this on Twitter a couple of days ago, but I think the overall consensus regarding Carl Henriksen would have been a lot more positive had he not suffered an injury a year ago before the World Juniors. Because a year ago, he was 19 years old, and he was he was projected to be uh, centering the top line for Team Sweden at the World Juniors, the same year that Hunter Skinner and Brett Berard won the gold medal. Um, unfortunately, he suffered an injury, so he couldn't play. Um, as a result, the only numbers we have to go on, off of are his uh, SHL numbers. And it's a big jump for him, uh, but he didn't do himself any favors by not producing. Um, he played on a line with... Uh, Joel Lundqvist and uh, what's the other guy's name? Max Freiberg, I think. Um, it's it's a good line, and the, his two line mates put up points, but he didn't. And and it's a bit of a red flag. But he's still young. He's only twenty years old. Um, signed his entry level contract. It expires in three years. So the Rangers now can invite him to development camp. Uh, only they cannot have him play in Hartford because he has a contract in Sweden until 2023. Uh, but he's a guy that I hope really stands out, especially in prospect camp. Like the development camp roster is mostly guys younger than him. Uh, guys like Brandon Othman, Will Cooley. The, the only guys that are older than him are the undrafted free agents, Richard Kotorenko, Rushev, uh, Morgan Barron, who was drafted in 2017, um, Tom Oriunanen drafted in 2016. Um, so everyone, oh, and Laurie Pajuniemi, he's also two, uh, a year and a half older than Henriksen. Everyone else is either his age or younger. So he should be able to really make an impression in this uh, development camp. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fantastic. And for me, it's funny because I asked you, you know, which ones are are um are you most in favor of that maybe aren't the big names and then you go and you ha you break down every single name perfectly so thank you for that so now for me personally there's hold on, hold on. the one the one thing I want to add here because I haven't I haven't uh, talked about the goalies yet okay there's Tyler Wall who we all know he went to college UMass Lowell for four years played in Hartford for a season and then we have Dylan Garant who we drafted a year ago and then Talon Boyko this year. Garand and Boyko, both from the WHL. I think Dylan Garand is a guy with, with a lot of upside. If I had to put money on one of these three to make the NHL and become a starting goalie in the NHL, it's Dylan Garand. Now, do you know what the reasoning behind Olaf uh, Limbaum not being here is? Limbaum? How do you pronounce his last name? Olaf Limbaum. 
it's 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 a it's a little bit of a gray area, you know. Um, Kala Kalavaisen from Finland is not there. Uh, Jaroslav Kamalars, uh, who plays in Finland, from the, he's from the Czech Republic. He's yeah. not there. Uh, Jakob Rakanason, who plays in Sweden, is also not there. If it's it's really difficult for me to find out how exactly this works contract wise, but looking at the European players that are there, uh, the only players that are in the prospect development camp are players that are under contract that signed their entry level contract. That's I was just about to make note of that. So that's probably yeah. the reasoning, and maybe also because of the travel restrictions still to this point, that might be having yeah. some type of say. Yeah, and normally when players are drafted, even European players, they from the draft go straight to prospect development camp, which we always have in July, like end yeah. of June, early July. If that's the case, a kid like Jaroslav Malars or Kala Weissenen can actually attend prospect development camp because their season hasn't started yet, but their season's already underway. If they're not under contract with the Rangers, it's probably difficult to get the team's permission or to arrange the whole situation. Um, so Pioneer, Lundqvist, Henriksen, these are the guys that played professionally in Europe last season, and they're all under contract this season. They all signed their entry-level contract. Yeah, and I, I want to say, too, for me personally, among these players, and I know that I think I've been hearing a slight echo through this uh, recording, so I, my apologies to people that are, say, listening, wherever you get your podcast. The audio is slightly off. We'll make sure to fix it after the fact of this recording, however, but Appreciate everyone in the live stream right now. Everyone's saying hello in the chat and sharing their thoughts. Um, for me personally, there's a couple players that stand out to me. Obviously, I'm so excited about Niels, but I'm going to push him out, out of this conversation right now. Zach Jones is still up there for me because I love Zach Jones. Lori Panyunemi is actually one of, if not the guy I'm most excited about, just because I've seen plenty of film for him. I love his power play presence and a guy that even after a significant injury over the past year and a half or so has bounced back quite nicely. And now he's looking to make his debut now in North America. Assumably he's going to be starting the year with the Hartford Wolfpack. But he's a guy that I have a big eye on because he's been absolutely lighting up Liga for a couple of years now. And he's one of those prospects that, you know, most people don't even consider in the top 10, at least the past couple of years. And they just have him, you know, lingering between, you know, nine, 10 and out. When in reality, he might be a sleeper pick for the Rangers uh, within the next couple of years to really help them out in their bottom six. So I like, I'm really curious to see how he's going to do uh, some others as well. I'm, I'm excited to see more of Morgan Barron just because I didn't get to watch a lot of games for him last season towards the end of the year. I just given my schedule. So I'm curious to see more on his play here in the development camp. Um, I am aware, however, that Vitaly Krasov is not part of this because according to Chris Drury, he feels that he's already taken that next step when it comes to actually the amount of games he had last year in the short season with the Rangers. So that's a plus at least knowing that, you know, He's obviously a lock, like most would figure, to be in this lineup in the top nine. Uh, a couple other guys I'm, I'm excited to see is Brennan Offman. Just see what that first-round pick, what type of impact, if at all, he's going to make. Um, another guy that I feel like, you know, is going to get overlooked a little bit. And to be quite honest with you, you know, guys like Matthew Robertson and or Braden Schneider, you know, even Hunter Skinner to an extent. I know you're highly – you're big on Hunter Skinner as well, given the development he's had over the past year. Uh, but Matthew Robertson is a guy I've been viewing highly of now for really since he's been drafted. You know, he was deemed as 
really a first round talent that fell out of the first round. The Rangers secured him. And I'm curious to see what he's going to bring in this development camp. Then you have some other pitch, uh, picks as well. Uh, Ryder is very interesting to me as well. Uh, forward that was drafted this year for the Rangers. Um, Will Cooley, uh, I kind of know what to, I feel like I kind of know what to expect with Will, but I'm, I'm, I'm awfully curious for the most of these guys. But if I had to pick, say, top three right now, Starts with Laurie Pagliunami. Then I'm probably going to go with Matthew Robertson. And a third, I might, I might honestly go the lengths of saying even a riser, uh, rider Cors, uh, Cors, is it Corsak? There you go. I think I said Corsak earlier. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But no less, th- those are my kind of top three that aren't the uh, the yeah. typical that I think most Ranger and, fans would be picking. If we look at the defensemen there, um, it's amazing how they managed to get three players together in Zach. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because that's how I felt because at, for me covering the Mets on my um, New York Mets channel, as they've been playing the Miami Marlins, coincidentally enough, they have two to three players in their actual lineup with the last name Diaz, and they have three players with the first name Jesus. So I'm just going back and forth this entire time with all these connections. It, it can really be a tongue twister after a while. It's like the Rangers appointing captains whose name is Ryan. So I guess Ryan Lindgren <laughs> next. Yeah, I, I mean, look, to be quite honest, if Lindgren wasn't uh, – if Lindgren was more seasoned than what he is on the Rangers right now, I don't think it would be outlandish whatsoever to suggest he could be captain material. Um, if, if he was, say, a vet on this team for already, say, six years, right, and doing what he's doing consistently as a, as a massive shutdown defenseman, yeah, I mean, I, I think he checks off the box, to be quite honest right. with you. But yeah, looking at this uh, development camp roster, um, some interesting omissions, in my opinion. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, I expected him to be on there, but Chris Drury said that uh, they consider that they wanted Kravtsov with uh, the first team players to have him skate with them, you know, skate with guys like Panarin Zibanejad, uh, which makes sense. But on the other hand, he only played 20 NHL games. So it wouldn't it wouldn't have been super crazy to have Kravtsov in the development camp roster. He's younger than than some of these some of these guys still, um, and um, I know he played an, an entire shortened season. But uh, a guy like Keandre Miller, I'm, I'm I'm not saying I he should be on this roster, but I I kind of expected him to be because he's only he he's, he was a rookie this year. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, a couple of names that are not uh, signed with the Rangers: Michael O'Leary, um, James Sanchez, Alex Whalen, and then the two Zacks, Zach Berzola and Zach Gutari. Um, they are either uh, players in Hartford on an AHL deal or invitees. I haven't really looked into. Yeah, uh, I need to check that as well because uh, definitely at least one, one or two, these feels like an invite. I haven't. Lo- I have to look up uh, Sanchez and O'Leary, but the two Zacks I think are are under an AHL contract in Hartford, and um, it's interesting to see how these guys do because it's. I mean, you shouldn't expect a lot from guys like this, but we did have a guy years ago in our prospect camp um, to uh, to join prospect camp when he was on an AHL contract. And that guy uh, is now playing in Vegas, Jonathan Marchessault. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm still sometimes wondering what if. Yeah, the Rangers offered him a contract after his one year in Hartford, but he opted to sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets at the time. Uh, so if we can hit 
on something like that, great. Um, the, the one thing I want to touch on with Payu Niemi is, yes, he's been great in the Finnish league, scores a lot of goals, and I'm as excited as anyone. But uh, I do want to – I don't want to rain on people's parades here, but it's a big step from Liga to pro hockey in North America, and we've seen it in the past with uh, with, with Ville Meskanen. Uh, I don't know if you remember him. Yes. I, um, oh, yeah. I remember him quite well. He It was him and one other Swede, was it not? Yeah, Malta Stromwall. Yes, yes. I remember Meskinen especially. And it, and just, it was also Michael Lindqvist. as we thought it would. Yeah, there was also Michael Lindqvist. Yeah, yes. That's the one I was thinking of. That's yep. not even Stromwall. When, when, yep, yep. a couple years ago. I feel I, mm-hmm. I feel like it was so long ago now already. My goodness. Right. Uh, Rangers are not participating in uh, Traverse City this year. Um, so the only thing we have is development camp and then training camp. I do hope the Rangers release some footage of it, but looking at previous years, I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, let's put it that way. Um, they, they usually post like 20 second videos that someone records with a smartphone behind the net. It's not oh great. My God, it's garbage. You would think, or not to get on a little warty rant here, but we're going to do a it. billion dollar organization. <laughs> do a, a you would literally the mo- the to this point still the number one most valuable organization in hockey according to Forbes. Yeah. And they can't even get a guy get a get a damn camera on the ice. You know, remember mm. we used to get streams every now and then of games and it felt like a blessing. Now yeah. we're you know we're just scratching at the bit and with all these protocols it's probably even less likely. Remember uh uh like Traverse City uh 2 years ago with Kako where he was he was destroying the opposition. He was skating circles about the around the Minnesota Wild, not just the defense, but all five players. He was going in circles, and then, yeah, he, and scored. then he scored. And the only footage we have of that is someone at ice level recording it with a phone. It's such a missed opportunity. But look, I let me put it this I, way: it's I, hard. It's hard to get a fan yeah. base that is as renowned as the New York Rangers organization. Mm-hmm. To get fans fully into prospects to the to either the same length, if not mm-hmm. certain lengths, the way you are, when you don't but, have it readily available. Like you but, have to do plenty of research for what you're doing. I I do as well. Like, and naturally, people in today's society, you know, we're lazier. We like things that just you know are presented to us on social media. Yeah. First thing we pop yeah. up, that's what we want to see. Just give us more damn consistency with some prospect highlights, and bam, like we're gonna be interested. So just get on that. It's so yeah. it's such a missed opportunity. And it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. there's not just plenty of revenue down that down that field, but you continue to grow the fan base outside of the U.S. Look. You live in damn Ireland. Like, I don't, like, what else do you want me to say? You can build it more in Europe and across across the globe. It just build, it's build it and they will come. Is that what you want to say? What's that? Build, build it and they will come. Is that what you were going? Yes, for? yes. That that is um, what I'm trying to say. And and last year with the draft when we picked Lafreniere, I I don't know if people remember this, but the Rangers posted like a two minute video of the war room where they show like little conversations between. Um, uh, Chris Drury, Jeff Gordon, Gordy Clark, and Chris Morehouse. It was a two or three minute video, but I loved it. And I was secretly hoping that they were going to do something more 
Um, the Carolina Hurricanes in 2018 made four 20-minute or four 15 or 20-minute episodes covering the draft where they got Svechnikov. They won the draft lottery. They had the second overall pick. And they had episode one was, I think, the scouting combine. Episode two was the war room. Episode three was the draft. And episode four was Svechnikov's first day in Carolina. It was great content. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, if the Carolina Hurricanes can do it, why can't the Rangers do it? But to play devil's advocate for a second, uh, the reason the Rangers don't do it is because they can afford not to do it. The Rangers are located. Uh, you're in- right. <laughs> you really are. It's going to hurt for fans to hear this, but the Rangers don't have to appeal to the fan base because they're going to sell out anyway. They play at Madison Square Garden. They they play in New York City. They nobody like if you ask 100 people in Manhattan uh, to name five Ranger players, no, maybe 10 will be able to. You know, football with the Giants and the Jets, uh, basketball with the uh, Knicks and the Nets, and then baseball with the Yankees and the Mets. It, it's those are just bigger sports in New York, but it doesn't matter because they still are the biggest NHL NHL franchise in in terms of value. They can afford not to put any effort in, so so they don't. It sucks, but what can we do? I, I know, and, and I, it I, it's it's an unfortunate truth to what you um, rose here because. Yeah, like the Rangers are as wealthy as they are. So, you know, mm-hmm. while they, of course, can expand something, Devil's Advocate is correct. They don't need to. Um, yeah. Again, it just, it for, I hope, I truly hope that they can come around and be better with their prospect coverage. And it just, yeah. I think, I think what's a little bit more frustrating for me right now when you look at the situation, this is the perfect time to do it. We already mm-hmm. missed on the best times to do it when the Rangers in a couple of years passed. Their prospect farms were really yes, you know, because, like because, elite. Like we're still elite. We're yes. like reviewed in top three, top five in the league. But you know, we already have Lafreniere. We already have Kako. Some guys, Vitali Krasov, that blossom. So Niels is going to be with the club. So again, you had all this time during this rebuild when the Rangers have grown something tremendous in this damn prospect pool. That was your time to execute. We're still there, but you know, it's going to be dwindling down before you know it. And they're going to get creative when the Rangers are in like a dynasty run when, you know, we're just picking for scraps when it comes to prospects. And then how much interest is there going to be then? If, if we turn back the clock two years, um, April, 2019, the Rangers missed the playoffs. There's a draft lottery. And I remember this because it was like 3 a.m. for me. Um, Everything's like 3 a.m. for you. <laughs> well, fortunately for me, um, the results of the draft lottery were leaked by a Finnish broadcast. So I knew the Rangers had the second overall pick before it showed up on NHL Network. Was that – did that leak universally? Because uh, – right? Didn't that happen? No, no. A, a Finnish broadcast uh, had the um, – uh, leaked, leaked like the um, the artwork of the the. Yeah, yeah, artwork. no, I, I think I, I think I saw that too. But we were all just praying if that was true. We we were hoping that it was true and not some prank. Yeah, but the Rangers get win the draft lottery. They get the second overall pick, and for the first time in fifty three years, they pick top three. Fifty three years. There are, there are people, like grown-ups, that have kids in college that weren't alive for the last time the Rangers drafted top three, which was Brad Park in 66, by the way. 
how do you not capitalize on that and take that moment as an opportunity to create some amazing content? But no, the best thing we got out of the 2019 draft was a three-second uh, clip of Kako saying, wow, nice city. That's all. That, that's it. That's all <laughs> and, it and it literally went in hand with the pressure to start off his rookie career. You got to be honest because people used it as a meme. It was just – it didn't for – a, for a man who hasn't been outside of Finland, who doesn't know what the U.S. is, like when it comes to actually being there in person, let alone being in the biggest city in the damn country, like the most notorious one, you know, in hindsight, wasn't the best PR move. I don't. I don't think it really benefited the Kako too much, to be but, to be perfect in my personal opinion. But again, we're getting on a little bit of a tangent before, here. As I said before, they can afford not to give a shit. Yeah, so they don't. Yeah, yeah. That's what no. it is. Um, but let's, yeah, let, let's segue though, because again, yeah. um, uh, development camp starts tomorrow. Do so you know how long it goes on for? I know it goes on for a little bit. Yeah, uh, throughout September. I think I think training camp is on the twenty third, and then the first preseason game is on the twenty sixth. Okay, so so we're looking at you know uh, upwards of two weeks, a little less yeah. um, that we're gonna have of this. So um, with that being said, we're really really excited to see how development camp is gonna be. I'm a little bit more excited to see now how much footage, if at all, we'll be getting. But with that being said, we do have well, a signing that we need to mention so, that happened over the past couple so days. Before we get into that, I, the last thing I want to say about this. The reason this is so exciting for me more than previous years is development camp roster is I'm looking at these names. I see 29 names. And over the last two and a half years, I've interviewed 16 of them. I know that's so damn cool. Isn't that's, it? That for me personally, that makes it so much more fun to watch. Uh, guys like Kotorenko, Richards, Rishev, Rempe, Payuniemi, Cooley, uh, Korzak, Lundqvist, of course, uh, Reunanen, Skinner. It's it's just it's so much fun to watch for me because I've spoken to these guys. I've I've had the privilege of asking them questions and and sharing that with the fan base. So yeah, this this is probably a name I said I'm going to keep around for a long time. Your boys are growing up, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my kids are all grown up and go, going off to college. That's what it, that's what that's what it feels like with. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but so someone's someone talked about Nils Lundqvist, like, oh, it's almost like your son's growing up and, and off to college. Like, yeah, in a way, like following him around for three years. Once, and, once you build you know. a personal attachment with someone and then to get to see them obviously blossom, you're naturally just going to be like, wow, like it feels better than if, say, you were just, you know, an average individual bystander that's just observing the situation, not actually having any connection there. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's still an exciting time for Ranger fans. Yeah, our first and second overall pick are already on the team, but there's so much talent still in the pipeline that's, that's coming up now. Um, for the next two, three years, we're still going to – I'm still going to be excited every year prospect development camp happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's going to be a good one. And, again, everyone that's currently chiming in the live stream, we love and appreciate you guys being here. If you're listening to this through a normal recording, wherever you get your podcasts, thank you for chiming in for a latest episode here at Rangers Review. Uh, Steven, uh, we can talk off air, but I am starting to get in the works on us finally getting a new logo so that way we can retitle everything on the YouTube channel and get that all fun stuff. So that will be exciting for you guys, too, when we eventually do merch. It's not going to be something that will be rushed with the podcast, but – just when the time comes, we'll be doing it. Uh, but now let's get into something that actually happened with the Rangers. Again, uh, most Ranger fans aren't ecstatic about that. I don't blame them. Um, but again, it's a signing. 
and that that is Libor Hayek. Uh, the the most influential part of the Ryan McDonough and JT Miller trade, if you guys don't know. So Libor is going to be signed here on a one-year deal. You. What's that? How how dare you? In a trade where we got Nils Lundqvist, you refer to Hayek as the most interesting part. How, how, how am I wrong? He's had the greatest impact. Prove me wrong, Steven. Yeah, and the Czech Republic. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Libor signs on a one-year deal at uh, under $900,000. So a uh, very cheap deal for the Rangers here. And again, if you look at his advanced numbers, his analytics, you know, Libor Hike um, at, like had a zero war last year. Um, nothing fantastic whatsoever. Um, again, for me, unfortunately, with Libor, I felt like the best I saw from him was the first he ever gave us. Um, ever since he got injured after a couple games of his debut a couple years ago, so we just haven't gotten enough. And I know it's been tough for him as well, given the fact that this is a guy that has been bouncing in and out of the lineup throughout the you know his entire young career with the Rangers. It, that, that's not an easy task, and that shouldn't be overlooked for a young player who's developing still, right? But no less, Libor adds depth to the Rangers. I do not expect him to be with the Rangers when it comes to actually in the starting lineup, but he'll probably be either an extra defenseman or will be back in the AHL. So we'll see what the future holds for Libor here. But do you have any uh, you know further thoughts that you'd like to share about him? Because again, Hayek, as we know, was a part of the trade a couple years ago when he was still prospect. Same deal with Brett Howden. Brett Howden, as Rangers fans love so much, unfortunately, is now with the Vegas Golden Knights. So what's your what's kind of your stance here on Libor and uh, if? if anything that we should expect from him this season. Yeah, I, I think getting a fourth-round pick for Brad Howden is, uh, is, is, is nice. Um, well, I think it was better than expected. Yeah. Uh, Libor Hayek, uh, look, nothing against Hayek as a person, uh, but I have a hard time understanding this signing. Um, he signed for a 5% raise, which is basically the same amount of money uh, he got with his qualifying offer. Um, the fact that he signed it this late, I don't think he signed a qualifying offer. They just re-offered the same amount. Uh, it's a two-way deal, so lower salary in the AHL. He isn't waiver exempt, so if they send him down to Hartford, he could be claimed off waivers. But my issue here is that the Rangers already have nine left-handed defensemen under contract if we don't count Libor Hayek. So now with Libor Hayek, we have 10. You can only play three in New York. You can only play three in Hartford. Let's be generous and say that the seventh defenseman in both locations is also left-handed. That gives you eight. Where's Hayek going to play? Yeah, there just just isn't room. Is he going to take minutes away from Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson, or Tarmo Rionen in Hartford? That's an issue, too. What do you do? I know that it's never a bad thing. To have depth, you know, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to have more no, guys than what you know what to do with. But this is Rangers. one where you don't you want to make sure it doesn't infringe on mm-hmm. the the start of the pro careers of these young promising guys that fully are expected to have a ceiling, you know, uh, you know, a million times higher than Lee Board yeah. at this point. Look, and I could at least understand if you say. Listen, we don't know what these kids in Hartford are going to do. We're signing Libor Hayek as as a as a safety net. You know, in case the rookies struggle in Hartford, we can play him. But we already have Anthony Potato and Jared Tenorti, who one of those is going to play in Hartford. So where where's where's Leroy going to play? I just feel like this was a signing that, that didn't make any sense. And 
people say he was an RFA. I, I get that. But sometimes you cut your losses and you move on from RFAs. Not every RFA needs to be re-signed. Ryan Gropp did not get a contract even though he was RFA. Um, Brandon Crawley this summer was RFA. They let him go. Sometimes you cut your losses. And I think Libor Hayek, I, I think the Rangers should have moved on from, from Libor Hayek. Um, if we didn't have Tenorti and Beteto and Mason Geertsen under contract, then yeah, it makes sense to sign him as a number seven left-handed defenseman. But we have 10. What are we going to do? Play with four defensive pairings in New York and in Hartford? Sorry, it makes no sense to me. I think what we should do is play a um, hypothetical uh, Russian roulette. And, you know, whoever gets it, you know, just has to get trade off for whatever the best offer is right away. If, if, they, <laughs> if, they, if they put Hayek on waivers, do you think a team claims him? No. Maybe. So, maybe. Maybe. But you're looking at, you know, the bottom of the barrel, obviously. You're, you know, yeah. and a lot of these teams – might be bottom of the barrel, but they have really young, promising prospects that are in this very similar situation. The Rangers, where they need to make sure that they're getting time in their affiliate. So if they don't, if they're if they wouldn't be with the team, so I don't know. Again, Libor at this point in his career, he had four points in forty four games for the Rangers last year, two goals, two assists. Throughout his career, he has seven points. Uh, he pardon me, has ten points in seventy seven games, so just under a full season, and he has a, a minus one a plus minus. Um, yeah, that's really all she wrote for the 23-year-old. You know, 6'2", uh, 203. We'll see. Again, nothing to be ecstatic from, just another buy the Rangers have right now. But I'm not going to, you know, get get upset about it. We'll just see how the Rangers utilize him and go from there, right? Yeah. All Look, right. And, well, and it's, it's not a signing that's going to ruin the Rangers' season. I don't want to go that far. You know, worst-case scenario, um, his impact will be in Hartford. Um, yeah. in a negative way. He would take minutes away from Jones, Reunanen, or Robertson, which I really do not want to see. But sounds sounds like a, sounds like a typical Rangers season for us fans to be upset about a young player not getting the proper development time. And I, I think I, now they're on 50 or 48 contracts. There's a 50 contract limit. So yeah. that's also something to take into consideration. But, you know, who, who knows? Maybe true. Maybe there's got to be a trade where they trade away two defensemen, and and I mean if if they if they trade away Jones and Rayunanen, for instance, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if that's the case, then yeah, there's a spot for Libra Hayek. But the way it stands now, in my opinion, he's probably eighth on the depth chart on the left side. You have Lindgren, Agreed. Miller, Nemeth. Let's not forget him. Jones, Robertson. Reunanen, Petetto, then Hayek, then Tenorti, then Geertsen. That's how I would rank them as a depth chart on the left side. Yeah, and I, I think that's really accurate. So in a nutshell, we'll see what Libor Hayek does, and I'm glad you brought up the trade aspect too because it shouldn't be something that's overlooked either because yeah, the Rangers have a lot of young assets. They have, they have more than what they know to do with right now. So, um, And this isn't talking about Jack Eichel. This, this goes for any type of trade scenario that will benefit this club for the future during their assumed run over this next five to even upwards of a decade. So it's going to be curious to see how they utilize things, but that's where you can maybe, you know, 
try to uh, put two things together, see, okay, maybe they will part ways with some of these guys because they have so much depth here. Maybe that's where a situation where Libor finds himself making sense on this one-year deal. Again, we don't know for sure. It's just something to keep an open mind about. But I would like to first thank a couple massive donations here during the episode on YouTube. And Uncle Freddie with a $20 donation, thank you so much for that, my friend. That means a lot. We appreciate your support. And same thing with Davis Douglas with a $50 donation. So thank you so much for that as well. Big donos. I saw you guys. They were commenting in the chat. How do I donate? Someone explain how to donate, and they dropped them. So thank you both so, so much for that. We really, really appreciate your support. We love doing this podcast. And again, just thank you both kindly. Really, really does mean a lot to the both of us. And I see a lot of people talking in the chat right now. So I'm going to check right now. I really don't think there's any more that we have to really discuss for the Rangers other than gain into uh, you know, in-depth Q&A for the next 15 to 20 minutes. So how does that sound with you, Stephen? Sounds good to me. Oh, okay. Beautiful. All right. Uh, fitting that big donations today means that we also get a big Q and a time. So to everyone chiming in the chat right now, we appreciate you guys being here. Feel free to ask away because I think something that a lot of people are going to ask about is the captaincy situation. And while we can do a whole separate segment on that, let's just go in hand with the Q and a, because people have been talking about this entire one. Uh, if you're listening right now, you've probably been wondering the same thing. What is next for the Rangers when it comes, comes to captaincy, right? So I'm going to first give my address because I saw a lot of people talking, you know, not in favor of Kreider being captain, people being in favor of Kreider being captain. I'm going to just tell you all to buckle up for when Chris Kreider is captain, okay? So if you're against it, embrace it now so you're not as upset when it happens. And this mm. is coming from someone that is not against Chris Kreider being captain, but I feel like we talked about it endlessly. A captaincy is not based on solely your performance on the ice. If that was the case, then every single star player, the best player for every single club, would be captain. There's a Panera. reason why they it aren't. Well, exact my point. Artemi Panarin is not going to be captain. Mika's yeah. Banjad, awesome player. But am I sold on Mika being captain? No. Could it happen? Yes, of course it could. I won't be against it if it does. But you have to look at, one, how, how tenured of a Ranger Chris Kreider has been. Is that contract pretty? No, it's not. Most Ranger fans, including myself, don't like it, rightfully so. But I've been saying this for a while now. Chris Kreider is what Andres Lee is to the Islanders. That is, in my mind, how he's going to be portrayed here with the assumption he becomes next captain. So I'm sorry I, 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 if you guys don't like it, but I feel pretty damn confident that Chris Kreider has been with the team so long, who's had all this playoff experience and success with them. Yes, I know he's streaky. Yes, I know he's not the best player in the club. And yes, I know that his future doesn't look like he'll really be with the Rangers throughout the entirety of that contract, which makes it all that more realistic that he'll become captain, damn it, especially in a scenario where he's traded at some point in that deal. So, Stephen, what's your take on this right now? Yeah, there, there were a couple of names in the last decade or so uh, in the NHL who captained a team when they weren't even that they weren't the team's best player? Uh, Dustin Brown wa- lifted the cup twice for the Kings. Um, such a, he's such an odd player. Have you seen the numbers Brown's been putting up lately? Yeah, it's, it's um, so weird. Not to get off topic, he had a really good season actually. Yeah, the one you mentioned, Andersley, is 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 a good example. Miko Koivu in Minnesota was never really his team's best player, but he was their leader. And <clears throat> the the captaincy debate is not as tiring as the Eichel debate. So I'll, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit here. Um, personally, for me, I don't really care who wears the captain, who wears the C on their jersey. 
Um, it's it's something that fans care more about than players. But if I look at the conversations I've had over the years with guys in the organization, with players in the organization, with I've spoken to people who work who work close to the team, and they all mention Chris Kreider and how his dedication and his leadership and the way he mentors the younger players, how that really stands out. It's nothing but a positive feedback that I hear. Yeah. And, you know, when, when I talk to five different prospects and they all say the same thing, they all say during training camp in the summer, Chris Kreider is the first one on the ice. He's the How many prospects one. did you say? Sorry? How many prospects did you say reference Kreider? Uh, five off the top of my head, at least five. And these are guys that have not had substantial time with Kreider either. So talk no. about first impressions. And you know, that's, yeah, that's so, important. Um, one player referred to Kreider's uh, work ethic as Jager-esque. He's first one on the ice, last one off the ice. He's always helping out. During the offseason, he mentors these kids. He invites them over. He trains with them. He He really looks over them. That's what you want from a captain. I don't... When I look for a captain, I don't look for the player that, that scores the most goals. I don't look for the player that is the best one on the ice day in, day out. Of course, there are examples like Sidney Crosby, Conor McDavid. They lead by example. Yep. But the Rangers don't have a player that leads by example. That's also suited to be a captain. Panarin is not captain material because he's, in my opinion, he just doesn't have the right personality for it. Great player, probably maybe Hall of Famer, maybe. But um, Artemi, th- from what we've seen on the surface, at least, and the, and we don't know what's happening in the locker room, but he does come off as the guy that obviously wants to lead the pack offensively. Yeah. But he's also kind of not—I shouldn't say introvert—but there's a quality to himself and his presence that I feel like you know he's out there to do what he has to do every single day. He's determined to at least get a point or two. I feel like with Artemi, there's maybe a little bit more of not even, not even the selfishness and personal success, but you're right. There's qualities about him. And this isn't even talking about the language barrier because he can speak English. It's probably just one of those situations where maybe he doesn't feel comfortable doing it on a consistent basis with the press, as we've talked about before. Right. Um, So I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I know it's hard to describe, but I feel, mm. yeah, there's qualities to Artemi that I don't see being a captain versus the other options the Rangers currently have. Look, Kreider and Truba are prob- are, would probably be candidate number one and number two. Their contracts aren't ideal, so that might be something that prevents Drury and Gallant from going, okay, we don't want to give the captaincy to a player who's not going to be here in three years. Um, but if they, um, you know, if they, what's the word, what's the word I'm looking for? If they, um, commit to Truba or Kreider long-term, despite everything else, I'd say that's going on on the team. Those, those guys are the leaders in the locker room from the players that have been in those locker rooms. Um, I think if you look at someone who's going to be on the team long-term, the one that really stands out to me, even though he's still a teenager, is Alexi Lafreniere. Agreed. I agree with you on that one. 
Man, would that that would take some balls from the Rangers, though. I feel is, like the anointed captain is listen, is Lafreniere ready to be a captain? It's it's I, I mean, I don't rule it out. Um Gabriel Landeskog in Colorado. He was named captain when they had Ryan O'Reilly, um, Matt Duchesne, Paul Stasny, and Minal Heyduk still on the team. Those players were on the team when Landeskog was given the captaincy in Colorado. And he is considered, a decade later, he is considered one of one of the one of the players that that exemplifies leadership. Um, leadership is not something that comes with being the best player on the ice. Sure, sometimes the best player and the best leader are the same, but it's not necessarily the case. Look at Brian Leach when he was captain for the Rangers. Great did, that really, did that really work out? I don't think so. Ryan Callahan and Chris Drury were better captains than Brian Leach. They Bingo. weren't better players. 100%. 100%. They were better players. They were better captains. Um, if you talked, uh, if you if you look up old interviews from Ryan Callahan, Brandon Dubinsky, Artem Anisimov, the way they talk about Chris Drury's time as a captain in New York, yeah, he wasn't the best player because his knees were shot, but the leadership that he brought to the team was was I think a lot of fans underappreciate what Chris Drury brought to the locker room. That is what you look for in a captain. If if your if your best if your leader is also your best player, that's a bonus. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, who decides on the captaincy? Is it the general manager? Is it the coach? Because I find it interesting that in three years of David Quinn behind the bench, we didn't have a captain. Was that a David Quinn decision or was it a Jeff Gordon decision? I think it's a Jeff Gordon. I think it's a GM decision from what Chris Drury alluded to, what we heard earlier today, because they said that, yes, we want Gallant to get in there, you know, and get comfortable with everyone. But the fact that the Rangers still have such an adamancy to put a captain in, you'd have to wonder on maybe this is a point that Drury's trying to make with the lack of leadership, if you will, the lack of someone to actually point to and help guide the club. Uh, in previous years, especially last year between the Wilson situation. I think this is just further the Rangers trying to make a statement that they want leadership. They want everyone that can back each other. And naturally, when you have leadership, it's you have a physical person. You know, you normally have a captain. Yes, you can have all your alternates, but you the Rangers can make that argument that the lack of a captaincy to this point has done them potentially more harm than good. Now, you can take with that opinion however you wish, but my point is I, I – for me personally, I feel like it's honestly a Chris Drury thing because the adamancy has not kicked in until he's become GM. And, uh, look, Chris Drury is is a good person to to make this kind of decision. He absolutely Chris, is. Chris Drury captained uh, teams throughout his career, um, so he knows what it takes. He knows what's expected from what, what responsibility comes with having that letter on your jersey. Uh, one last thing I want to say about this is, and this goes against True Band Kreider. Two years ago, 2019, I remember Jeff Gordon saying, uh, the reason we don't, we have not appointed a captain is because our future captain is not on the team yet. So if that's still the case, that would go against Zabanajet, Panarin, Truba, Kreider. None of those four would be the captain. With a regime change, Gordon being replaced by Drury, that might have changed too. But it's interesting to keep that in mind. 
not gonna lie though from that that comment in itself even if that's truthful i i don't think it was a smart move on jeff's part um not not that the players would maybe take it too personally but that's just one of those things where i don't think that's truly how you feel should be made public in my opinion yeah that's that's something you can argue over yeah yeah, so uh, I want to address a couple comments that we're getting here in the chat because, again, this is part of our Q&A segment. There are a lot of people, again, for against this. So, again, look, regardless of who you want and who you believe or who you don't want to be captain, whoever it ends up being, guys, all we can hope for is that the captain obviously just brings more leadership to this locker room and just helps rally things, do their job right. Again, nothing is going to drastically change, okay? In my opinion, at least. Unless it's an Alexi Lafreniere where, okay, maybe it really does sparkle off for him in his young career if he does, in fact, become captain. Outside of that, I really don't see, you know, there being uh, too much drastic options. Otherwise, with Kreider being a veteran in this locker room, having so much playoff experience, yes, he's streaky. Yes, he's not the best player on the ice. But it's the qualities he brings off the ice as well. How much he's given back to not just the organization, but what he does with the younger developing players. For me personally, just from an outsider's look, if I was in the shoes of a teammate in that locker room right now, if if we had a captain, I would prefer personally it to be a guy that has no problem helping out every single one. No matter who you are, no matter what position you are, giving you the proper advice and to help lift you up. Kreider's also a guy that is not afraid to defend his teammates. Maybe he's not doing it to the same extent as Truba because Truba's very hard nosed. He's not afraid to get in there. But Kreider has been one of the only consistent winners I've noticed for the Rangers throughout the years. He's not a fighter by any means, but he will defend the Rangers one need be. And that's something that I appreciate about him too. Um, so you have to weigh all those things, in my opinion, and really show that, you know, we've had a lot of teams with a lot of uh, players that were their captain that, again, were not their best player. Even some teams, I think about the Florida Panthers, multiple times where, their be- where the captain was not their best player. You know, Ed Jovanovsky. And then you look after that, What? who was it after? Uh, shoot, was it McKenzie? Uh, it, it, was a, it was a bottom six forward. It might be even a fourth liner. But uh, was it McKenzie? I'm trying to think on who their uh, previous In Florida? Was. Yeah, before Barkov. Uh, Derek McKenzie was, was, a yes, 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 correct. Um, but my, my point is that was, wait, was Mitchell a captain for them too? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Mitchell from the Canes. Yeah. See, Uh, my point, (laughs) like that, that's, that's just kind of alluding more to my point. I I see qualities. There are some some captains in Buffalo pre predating, uh, who's that? Is Jack Eichel their captain? I don't even know. Who's their captain in Buffalo now? It's, it's Jack. It's Jack. It's even- okay. it's barely, Sorry. barely from how things feel right now. But yes, yes. I mean, sounds sounds weird to call to call that guy captain, but whatever. Um, predating Eichel. Uh, let me quickly look this up, by the way, because I'm very curious now because there are some weird names in their captaincy. Uh, uh, okay, let's go to Hockey Reference. By the way, I, I you know this is not a paid ad or anything, but. If people really want a good site, you know, to dive into stuff, hockey-reference.com is uh, is is amazing. Hockey um, reference, hockey DB, cap friendly. That's those are your friends for hockey. Yep, hundred um, percent. I'm, so, I'm on cap friendly as we speak. Let's go to let's go to uh, Sabres history and then captains. Here we go. Um, 
So prior to Jack Eichel, they had Brian Gionta. Oh, that's right. Um, Steve Ott, Steve Ott, Thomas Vanek, Jason Pominville, Greg Vanek. Yeah, Pominville was a good captain. I think Pominville had that captain. Pominville was a good captain. I think. Yeah, um, Briere Drury. When you go further back, but yeah, they had some captains there that weren't your top, your typical top six. Or top pair guys. The one, the one guy that was part of that group with Pominville and Vanek, who never ended up becoming captain, I don't think was Wah, right? Or Roy? Yeah, I, is it Wah or Roy? It, it depends. Is he American? Is he Canadian? Or is he French Canadian? I think he's he's. Is, is it which which Wah or Roy? Is it is it Derek? 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 I think that's that's Derek Roy then. Um, but looking at the Minnesota Wild, uh, Mikko Koivu. He's ca- always oh, from. He's from Ottawa. Yeah, it's it's probably Roy. Um, Mikko Koivu for years. Nick Schultz in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, you know, uh, Pavel Dimitra, good player, but I mean, was he like a a Panarin Zibanejad level player for them? No, but he was still their captain. Yeah. Um, Florida, Derek McKenzie, Willie Mitchell, Ed Jovanovski, Brian McCabe, Oli Jokinen. The captains they've had since 2004. <laughs> They're interesting, um, but that's that's my point. It doesn't need to be the best player on your team, okay? Um, oh, might not oh, be the prettiest uh, either. Uh, one more. I'm, I'm checking the New Jersey Devils. You know, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Andy Green, Bryce Salvador, Jamie Langenbrunner. Yeah. Zach Parise was in there for a year and uh, Patrick Eliash and then Scott Stevens. But man, there are some players in there that, you, that where you're thinking to yourself, really? <laughs> um, and it, it just, it just shows you that teams don't, don't always go for a top player. And that, that's something that that probably counts in, in Kreider's favor. Yep. Um, do you remember Mark Strait? Yes, of course. Islanders I, legend. He was a captain for the Islanders. Yes, know? he was. Um, so yeah, you know, it's part not... of me filled up your Flyers legend. That's where he really had his big years catching my drift. So um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see what's going to happen. It's not as black and white as fans might think it is. Um, so yeah, but it's 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 more fun to talk about this than to talk about Jack Eichel. I agree because uh, yeah, uh, Jack Eichel talk at this point's dead. He changed yeah. his agent, if you guys aren't aware, um, to potentially get a move to happen sooner. What's his new agent again? Is it uh, Pat Brisson? I don't I don't know the name off, off the top of my head. I think it's Pat Brisson. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, new agent. Brisson, who does Brisson represent also? Is there a connection that you're referring to? Um, no, but I do know that his previous agent also represented Chris Drury. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> It's a bit of co- conflict of interest, maybe. If yeah. you're both the general manager and the player, uh, so yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Let's not get into the Eichel stuff. Uh, no, more more no. questions. A couple uh, more Guys, questions. We're taking every question for the next five minutes here in the episode that isn't related to Jack Eichel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's more fun to talk and jab a rusty knife in my eye than talk about Jack Eichel. Says Big Apple Hockey. 
Yeah, I, I, I said something on Facebook, like I, I would rather spend a month in a cabin in the woods with my ex-wife than to talk about Jack Eichel for five more minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're still, we're still going to go on for another five minutes or so here in the episode. So if you have more questions that you want to ask, if you're watching this right now in the live stream, then by all means, go, uh, go ahead. Uh, let's see. Good question here. Can we assume Breadman won't be on the line with Kako after those comments about Blackwell? Uh, personally, no. I don't think that's going to hold any stock at all. What about you, Stephen? Um, I, I don't think Kako will be on Panarin's line, but I think it will be for different reasons. Um, I think Panarin and Kravtsov is a better fit. And I think Lafreniere and Kako together is a great fit. And we saw Lafreniere and Kako last season. Uh, when they were centered by Philip Heedle. Yep. Now they're going to be centered by Mika Zibanejad. So I think based on Kako as a replacement for Butchnevich makes sense. Um, Kravtsov playing with Panarin makes sense. Uh, I just really hope the third line is Kreider, Heedle, Goudreau. That's I depth. Do. That's depth, baby. That's what I if like. That, if that's your third line, this is a playoff team. Because yeah. if you I don't you probably remember, but in 2014 when we made it to the Stanley Cup final, do you remember our third line? Wait, Puglia, wait, 2015? Yeah, uh, 2014 when we made it to the final. Oh yeah, it was Pouliot, Broussard, Haglin. No, Pouliot, Broussard, Zuccarello. Zu- oh yeah, you're right. He was on the third line. Oh my god, yeah. that was the best. That was and, the absolute best. And the fourth line was Brian Boyle, Dominic Moore, and Derek Dorsett. Bad. That's that's bad. the depth we were missing two years prior when we lost to the Devils in the conference final. Because yeah. in that conference final, Tortorella was playing defenseman 25 minutes, 28 minutes, and third liners were, were, were playing like 15 minutes because the fourth line was only out there for three, four minutes at a game. And and in my mind, you simply cannot have consistent success if you are not balancing your lines. Because the reason you should be balancing your lines is you have depth, right? But there are even teams out there that have the depth but still don't utilize it. To in my mind, what is rational enough to give yourself a, a better chance every night? Like how many times did we see again with DQ? And this is not to you know uh, be negative towards him. This was just a reality. We did not see in crunch time later in the game anyone out there that wasn't named Panarin or Zabanjad. You know, he combined those lines one, two together. It would work. It would almost never work is truly how it felt. Um, when they would be combined, I felt like that nothing would be going. God forbid you'd see the fourth line touch the ice in the final five minutes. It just it uh, wouldn't happen. The, 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 the most Quinn play I remember from last season is the Rangers – I think it was against the Devils. The Rangers were playing against the Devils, and they pinned the Devils in their own zone. They, 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 they have sustained pressure. It is the second – I think it was the second period. It was the long change. And we got shots on goal, and we got deflections, and we kept the puck in play, and they couldn't go for a change. And for some reason, the fourth line comes out there, and Kevin Rooney shoots the puck, misses the net, and the puck goes all the way to the other side of the ice behind our net, and the Devils can change. I think it was the Devils. That, to me, was such a David Quinn play because sustained pressure, yeah, it's sustained pressure for a minute and a half, and it resulted in nothing because you put the fourth line out there. The fourth line 
shouldn't be out there in that situation. Agreed. Now, once the puck leaves the zone, yeah, sure. Put the fourth line out there to chase the puck and, you know, control the game in your own zone. But, man, that was such a David Quinn play. Um, yeah, you're 100%. Look, I don't even blame Kevin Rooney. I don't expect Kevin Rooney to hit the net with 95% of his shots. He's not that type of player. I don't blame Kevin Rooney. I blame the coach. You put him out there in that situation. Yep. You know, so. I agree with you. So here we have a couple more questions here. Ghostway, who's actually a big supporter on or NYM says I'm new to hockey. What major things should I know? That's a, that's a, that's a tough thing to answer Ghostway, And only because is, you know, it, there's so much, I, I'm the same guy who actually taught ice hockey, the basics, uh, in a college class. Uh, what was it? A speech class. I had not speech, um, just public speaking class a couple of years ago. And that was a lot to cram in. Like, what was it? A five minute segment. So I would say just do your natural research Ghostway, If you want to be a Rangers fan, which I'm assuming you want to right now, uh, do your easy research, but hockey is very simple to understand. One simply just watch some highlights, watch some quick breakdowns. There are a lot of actual people that ins- do great breakdowns on just naturally all the easy steps of hockey on YouTube. So definitely check it out. I would highly suggest um, just because if I went over everything right now, we'd be going on at least another hour. And with the way Steven loves to talk with me too, it would be another two hours. So <laughs> it would not end anytime soon. Yeah. But, no, um, but, but um, just watch games. That's it. Start with watching games. Because yeah. we can talk about the rules, we can talk about how things work, but the easiest way to learn is to just watch games. When there's a penalty, the ref will explain it to you. The announcers will go over it. Easiest way to get into it. Yep, hundred percent. You just got to keep watching. That's all I did. I'm got. I didn't do any research when I got into hockey. Yeah. I just watched, yeah. asked my dad questions, and then bam. You watch games for a year, and then a year from now. If you watch our Rangers review and you have questions, we'll go into the details. But the basics, you just learn by watching them. Yep. All right. Another comment here uh, from John D. Lee. Thomas Hurdle, Tomas Hurdle would be an upgrade. Uh, You know, as crazy as this may sound, for what you would have to give up to land Tomas Hurdle right now, he would not be an upgrade. I would say stick with. I would honestly say, say stick with Ryan Strom. Do I think Hurdle has a bigger upside than Strom? Potentially, yes, I do. But given their point production, Hurdle I have it pulled up right now is forty three points in fifty games last year. Ryan Strom, as we know, had an awesome year as well. Hurdle's season high was back in 2018, 2019, just under a point per game, seventy four and seventy seven games, including thirty five goals, thirty nine assists. He has not replicated a season like that uh, since he's been more really in that 40 range. He's dealt with injuries too, um, but Hurdle's one of those guys. I would love him on the Rangers. I would love it even more, though, if it was a depth situation. If, say, you had Hurdle in the second spot, maybe Ryan Strom moves down to the third line, one of those one of those situations. But I don't see that happening. So I like Hurdle a lot. Um, I, don't, I will never forgive him for doing that disgusting goal and getting the Hattie. Uh, I believe in his rookie year on Marty Baron to literally make him retire right after. But outside of that, um, I think Hurdle would really be something special uh, for the Rangers if it's not a Ryan Strom situation, however. Martin Baron retirement night in San Jose. I will never forget that night. Yeah. That was, that's the season we went to the damn cup too, I believe. Cause that yeah. was the first yeah, because year. Yeah, because Cam Talbot took over as a backup then. Yes, yeah. and that was the first year at, from but, renovations. That's why we had that yeah. long West Coast trip to start the yeah. season. Like nine straight games, I think. 
But do you know who the backup goalie was in the Stanley Cup final in 2014 for the Rangers? Because it wasn't Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot was injured. Shit. Ah, you're, probably gonna, you're probably not going to get this. Wait, no. Was it a, was it a rookie or no? No, no. He was he was older than than rookies. He was he was a seasoned pro, not a seasoned NHLer. He was he, he had some years in in the AHL. Because Ranta didn't come till the next year, I don't think. Uh, Ranta, we uh, tra- we traded for in 2015 after he won a cup with Chicago. Um, it, it's not Halverson because we drafted him in 2014. No, wait, is it? No, it's too early to think. It's Mackenzie Skapsky. Nope. It's not a Rangers draft pick. It's David Lenevo. Oh my God, I remember him though. But yeah, yeah I, only yeah. you, only you would pull that out. <laughs> but but quickly on Hurdle, um, I like Hurdle, great player, and I would love to trade for him if he was signed for more than one year. But he's a free agent next year. Do I really want to give up a first round pick and more to get a player that I can target in free agency a year from now? I don't think one year of Thomas Hurdle is worth the package it's going to cost to acquire him. Correct. I, I agree with that. Yeah, that, that's the whole point. Um, Ryan, I mean, look, uh, Ryan Strom, we'll see what the future holds for him, but he has not proven to be you know, out of this lineup unless, unless you trade for a bigger-name center that you know can gr- give you significant more production than him. It's, not, it's just simply not worth it for how the Rangers current uh, – roster construction is um a couple we have a couple more questions before we get out of here because I'm, I'm enjoying these ones uh let's see uh reed says who is your dark horse prospect to pressing camp i'm gonna take this question in this set i I'm, i don't know if i should take this as a dark dark horse to impress in camp to like potentially crack the roster or if you're just saying in general to impress if you're saying in general to impress oof i'm gonna I still, I still really feel like, man, I, I, I'm gonna go with the guy that I'm excited about the most, Laurie Pangyunami. Um, I know it's gonna be different for him coming North America, so that could be an adjustment for him. But I'm gonna take the guy that's been killing in Liga for literally multiple years now. He, he knows how to play against pros. Now it's next level, but you know, especially with how we know how pro, uh, you know development camp goes, and everyone's trying to impress. Maybe people, you know, get a little ahead of themselves. Maybe not have some good days. I don't know. I think Laurie just needs to do what he's always done. Just plot himself, get himself nice in the slot, whether it's the left or right dot, whatever his preference is, um, and just just make some shots happen. You know, I'm going to pick him. Yeah, uh, Nils Lundqvist is the obvious choice, so I won't go with him. I think Nils Lundqvist is going to be the one that improves the most in this upcoming year. Remember, dark horse pick. So but Nils dark, will not be a pick. But the dark horse pick for me is Ryder Korzak. Okay, I like that. That's a good pick too. Um, you know, good head on the kid, hockey IQ, um, comes from a hockey family. His older brother, Caden Korzak, was drafted by Vegas, two, uh, I think, two years ago. Um, he attended the draft in 2019 when his brother was uh, was, was drafted. Um, and, you know, talking to him, the, the way he prepares for games, and it's just, it's just small things where I think he's going to uh, impress. Uh, funny story about I mentioned this I think last time. Ryder Korzak in the offseason practices with Jordan Eberle in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. There's usually connections like that that'll mm-hmm. always be surprising, you know. But uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, um, the other one. Now on- I can root for Eberle again because he's not on the Islanders. I, I was an Eberle fan during his time with Edmonton because Edmonton is is my favorite team out west. Again, my only actual favorite team is the Rangers, but I chose Edmonton back to you know the Taylor Hall beginning and the Devin Dubnik days, as funny as that is. Um, so, yeah, I liked Eberle during his time uh, in Edmonton. I'm happy to root for him again in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and the other one on defense, Hunter Skinner. I expect a lot from Hunter Skinner. He, he He's not going to make the team, but I think he's going to impress. I think he's – he has the potential to be a fan favorite. You know, Ranger fans, especially older generation Ranger fans, are very excited about Braden Schneider because he brings that boom to the game. But boy, Hunter Skinner does that too. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him too. I know you've been speaking quite uh, glowingly of him as well for a little bit now, and rightfully so given the past year he had. Uh, a couple a couple um, donations here in the chat. So thank you so much for that. James with the $10 dono. Thank you so much. By and go sway with the 99 cent dono. So again, appreciate you both. Happy to have you both here. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode 31 of Rangers Review. Uh, but that's really going to recap it. I think we covered everything. This was an awesome Q&A as well. So I want to thank everyone again that chimed in, whether you watch this live now on YouTube. If you did, we're, we are, of course, at Wardy NHL. But that name will be changing once we get the new logo in and the rebranding is finished uh, to just Rangers Review. If you guys enjoyed this, whether you, you're listening to this wherever you get your podcast, please make sure to drop us a, um, you know, uh, check us out, drop us a follow. I'll leave a good review too if you enjoy this. And if you guys have, you know, any any preferences, things that you maybe would prefer for segments going forward, please make sure to let us know, say, in the comments below in the actual uh, channel for the YouTube stream. So, again, Thank you all so much, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And, Stephen, any final comments before we get out of here? Um, yeah, something that, you know, as a number file, um, something that really uh, interests me, um, looking at the development camp roster, there are a couple of players who changed their number compared to last time. Um Let's see. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I know that uh, a bunch of them changed, actually. So, uh, Laurie Payuniemi was 56. He changed to 49. Tyler Wall was 33. He's now number 80. Uh, Matthew Robertson was 97. He's now number 44. I and, like 97, not going to lie. But it's okay. It's okay. And <laughs> there was another one. Oh, give me a second. Um Of course, Zach Jones, he was 86, but now he's number six because he played with that number in the NHL already. Um, And Evan Evan Veerling not getting 41 is something that disappoints me a little bit, but not every prospect has the privilege of picking his own number. What number is Veerling now? uh, He's number 38, and he plays with 41. Um, It's the birth year of his grandma. Aw. Yeah, that is unfortunate that he doesn't have it, but um, maybe so, maybe maybe he'll get it eventually. If he, you know, if he yeah, actually yeah. Guys, like, guys like Brennan Hoffman, Vitaly Kravtsov, Philip Hedl in the past, first round picks usually have that privilege of you know requesting their number. Um, Evan Veerling, hopefully this season he will uh, he will earn that privilege by the way with the way he plays. Yes, yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So again. Awesome, awesome segment, guys, of Rangers Review. Definitely check us out. Leave all the good comments and fun stuff. We'll be back probably in another week or so. My schedule is going to be getting pretty busy here as we get in the latter half of September of the weekend. So we'll be keeping you guys updated with when the next episode will be. But thank you all so much again, as always. And, Steven, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.